Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear us? Hi, it's Pastor Sean Strickland, my super cute husband, Pastor Edwin Strickland. And we are here bringing you service from FOC, Fellowship of Champions, virtual church. Give a shout out for virtual church. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, let's just start off with being super thankful for this technology. Amen. Super thankful for this technology, man. I'm so excited about this technology. You know, I say this all the time that I just remember when we started ministry over 20 something years ago and this idea of God telling us that we would be international and us looking at what it costs to be on television and thinking where in the world are we going to get a million dollars a month, which is what a lot of people were paying for television time. And then now there's this technology, Facebook, YouTube, <laughs> Instagram. Instagram, um, so many ways to be able to reach the world. And we really are reaching the world. We have people who watch us from all over the world. And so I just want y'all to do something with me. I want y'all to just begin to decree and declare with us that the whole world is coming to this broadcast. Amen. The Amen. whole world the whole is coming world. to this broadcast. <laughs> and I love how something like social media has made the world so much smaller and it's easy to reach people from all over. So, you know, we want you to hashtag live if you're watching live, if you watch the replay. We want you to hashtag replay and we want you to tell us where you're watching from. We want to see all the places that people are watching from, man. And so we just want to welcome you here. We're super excited to have you. We want you to also get your expectation up and I want to help you get your expectation up. This morning on my way to church, I got a testimony from a lady who said that she watched one of my healing teachings and her daughter had been diagnosed with, with um, MS and had lesions on her brain. When they went to the doctor this week, she said, I gave her a confession, told her to begin to decree it and declare it and have her daughter decree it and declare it. When they went to the doctor this week, guess what? No lesions. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is the year Praise of God. release. Praise God. Jesus came to undo the works of the enemy. Praise God. All the works of the enemy. What are the works of the enemy? Sin, the effects of sin, poverty, sickness, anxiety, oppression, confused identity. He is a healer. And if you're excited to hear that healing testimony, I need somebody to just give God a radical release praise. Because listen, you don't have to have the situation in your life to be able to give to rejoice with someone else. Do you know how great that mom felt to go to the doctor and for them to say to her, we cannot find the lesions that were on your daughter's brain anymore. Somebody give God a radical praise. Let's start with a praise. Amen. And we want to thank Pastor Kristen, who is our worship pastor and Elder Valley for leading us into worship yes, every yes. single week. We are so appreciative of what they're doing, so appreciative of our entire team, and so appreciative of all of you, our partners and our first-time visitors. And if you're a first-time visitor, could you put it in the comments that this is your first time at Fellowship of Champions? We pray it won't be your last time. We're super excited to have you. But we have virtual greeters who are ready to love on you and tell you that we're super excited to have you. We see, once again, we have South Africa in the place. We have Springdale in the place. We, I mean, look at that. We have South Africa. Africa and our and America in the same place. How wonderful is that? And so we're just
just super excited. I'm, I'm excited this morning. I'm excited as well. You know, it's a testament to the fact that if you will hold on to what God promises you, it'll come to pass. Yes. Now, this did not come to pass the way we thought it would. We never dreamed there'd be a pandemic. We never even dreamed there'd be technology where it was so cheap, almost free, that you could go internationally with your broadcast. Yes. But praise God for receiving a word and praise God for hanging on to the word. And that's the power of not giving up, not caving in and not quitting. Yes. And so I'm excited this morning too. So excited. In fact, I want to tell you about a couple of other ways that you can continue to be excited and join in with us each and every week because mm -hmm. we have lots of opportunities, right? Right. And so I'm just going to start listing some of the opportunities we have. We start off on Mondays. We have something called Strategies for Success. It's something that, you, that you've that you been doing. It used to be called Mindset Monday. Mm -hmm. The name has changed to Strategies for Success. It happens at 12 o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. And I've been your guest the last couple of weeks and, you know, my guest uh, and I guess I'm gonna be your guest and tomorrow, you, guest tomorrow. Uh, but different but you have different guests on or sometimes you're on by yourself but it's just an opportunity for people to dig in and, and gain some additional strategies so they can walk out the word so they can be successful in their life and then of course one of my favorite times is Tuesday night corporate prayer yes uh, it's led by all of our uh, church intercessors uh, minister Chandra Washington is our chief intercessor and she uh, pulls that team together and I'm telling you they are on point every single week every single every week, single week. Every they are on point. And so I appreciate them. I love them for what they do for the ministry. So on Tuesday night, listen, you can join us. You don't even have to come on and pray out loud what people see you. They'll do it for you. Yes. You can just agree with them. So join us on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. And then on Wednesday night, uh, my son, Pastor Raphael Marlowe, he has Wednesday night Bible study called Refresh refresh Bible study and you don't want to miss uh, Wednesday night Bible study dynamic teaching practical application and it really it, it really will refresh you let's say that fast now I just want to say something <laughs> funny though because you just did the classic thing that parents do because Ralph is doing good he your son like you, you, you said my son Raphael Marlowe, but it's like with our kids when they're good, it's like that's your, it's my kid but when, if they do something bad then it's your kid we do it all the time at home uh -huh. Ralph our son Oh, okay. Okay. So he's our son. Okay. So on Wednesday night, okay. you can hear my son, Pastor Ralph Marlowe, on Wednesday night Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if he messes up, he'll be your son. But right oh. now, he's doing really, really good. So he mine. All right. And then on Sunday mornings, obviously, we have our daughter. Uh, Pastor, oh. <laughs> oh. I give you, I let you because oh. she your mini me, so I let oh. you. But we have Pastor Chris uh, and Elder Valley, who we love tremendously, and they do a wonderful God. Listen, when she was singing about favor this morning, if you missed. Uh, praise and worship. You shouldn't do that. You should come on in here at 930 and you should get in there and you should. I mean, it got me excited and ready to go. I had to stand up and I worship like this place was full because it was just that good to me this morning. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you to do that. And of course, right after praise and worship, uh, we're here with the word. So that's that's what we have. Those are our announcements. Uh, avail yourself to them. Uh, listen, get connected, stay connected. Build yourself up on a daily basis. You eat every day, so you ought to eat the word every day. Amen. Amen. And we're on our 14th day of our corp, our 30, our 21 day fast. Yes. Right, I'm sorry, I forgot to do one thing. What? Victory zone. Victory zone. I forgot to Don't mention that. Babies. I can't forget the babies. Don't Listen, forget the babies. Victory Zone is for our younger children. It is an on-demand, uh, interactive broadcast. If you go to www.focchurch.com, there is a link there that says Victory Zone. It says VZ and Ignite. 
click on that. You can access all of those wonderful on-demand videos for the babies. And then for our teens, we have what's called Ignite. It's our teen ministry. You can get linked up so that your, your teen can be involved with the weekly Zooms. It happened on Thursday night. I did not want to forget those. So I, I apologize for interrupting you, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned those because there may be people out there who are new to our broadcast, new to our ministry, who have young children and they have teens and they may be thinking, man, I really need to get them connected since we can't go to a church. We've got them covered. No, it's super important that you go, grow your kids up in the word. One of the things that we talk about is that you don't just want nice kids. That's right. Jesus wasn't known for being nice. Um, I put up a post the other day that they didn't say Jesus went about being nice. It says that Jesus went about being doing good and destroying the works of the enemy. And, you know, sometimes we can be so focused on making sure that our kids are nice people that we don't know that they're powerful people, mm. that they know how to hear the Holy Spirit, that they know you, you aren't always going to be with your kids. You want your kids to be able to hear that someone's not their friend. You want your kids to be able to hear that they shouldn't go to a certain place or some person that's not a safe person for them. And that's what I love about our ministry is that is designed to help our kids be able to hear from God because you're never too young to be able to hear never, from God. Never. You're never too young. I'm going to talk about the fast, but I want to say this. Several people have sent me messages over the course of this pandemic and just talked about how um, cool they think it is that we have so much fun talking about the word. And I want to tell you that if you thought, if you think church has to be serious and somber to get breakthrough, you really don't know the power of Jesus, right? Because your whole life doesn't have to be serious and somber. It doesn't mean that they're not serious moments, right? But it means that this, this gospel is life transforming. Right. Right. It will change you. And one of our expectations this year is that there will be laughter all okay. year round, right? So if you went to a church where y'all couldn't laugh and all of that different stuff, then relax and learn how to have a good time and learn that you can be serious, you can hear from God, and you can have a lot of fun at the same time, mm -hmm. right? Now, with that being said, we're 14 days into our fast. Yep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Shout out to everyone who is fasting. Yep. Shout out to everyone who is fasted without messing up shout out to the people who it was your first time fasting shout out to the people who fasted messed up and then got back in the game mm -hmm. we are super proud of all of you yes. why because isaiah 58 makes us a promise that when we fast our light is gonna break forth that light is revelation and so our expectations this last seven days there is going to be a flow of clarity in your life a flow of revelation and expectation so every morning we are praying at 6 30 a.m and i gotta give a shout out to the people who live in the time zones that make them have to get up super early in order to pray. 5.30 and 4.30. <laughs> we, yes. we pray an extra special blessing yes. on y'all because that is serious right there, right? So as Kedra says, we want to finish strong seven more days. And I want to say this. I want you, whether we call another fast this year or not, I want you to make fasting a part of your life mm -hmm. because it's so important. So what are we fasting for on this fast? No junk food, no sweets, no sodas or no caffeine, yep. no coffee and tea, mm -hmm. right? And so some of you actually found out how addicted you were to coffee. You found out how addicted you were to sodas because you were three and four days in still having the headaches. Now, here is my advice to you. You should probably enter in, um, incorporate in your life a couple of days of fasting from that every month so that you don't feel that way when you have to do an extended fast mm -hmm. because your body was acting that way because it was addicted to the to the um, stimulants that you have been giving it, right? You can access the fasting information by visiting the website. It's, it's scrolling on the bottom of your um, screen. 
that's a lot of s's to say together (laughs) it's scrolling on the bottom of your screen and we have these super cool um declarations proclamations that we that the prayer team is using at the end of every prayer these declarations that we're making you should get a copy of those as well you should pull them off because when this 21 day is fast is over we're not done with those those are still our proclamations for the whole year our things and i want to say one more thing before you talk about what you're going to talk about next because it leads into what you're talking about Next Sunday, we're going to be talking about something super exciting. It's one of the first times it, that you, you've you taught this in years. But years ago, you know, um, AMX used to have a saying that um, membership has its privileges. Mm-hmm. And you created a series about the, par- the power of partnership, right? Mm-hmm. And it's called the um, partnership has its privileges. And next Sunday, we're going to be teaching about the power of partnership so that you can maximize what it means to be connected Amen. because it means so much more. What are you laughing yeah. like that for? Yeah. Praise we, God. That's, <laughs> I'm going to teach you with you, but you, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to teach you with you, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, quit playing. But okay, so the, the power of partnership because we have had so many virtual partners come to us in the last couple of months, right? And we want to get everybody on the same page about the benefit of partnership. Amen. You know, and let me just say this big shout out to everybody who has gotten up and been on 630 Central Time Prayer for the past 14 days. I'm not dismissing those who had to, you know, watch it on the replays, but those of you who have gotten up every day for 14 days, I just want to personally shout you out because especially if you're not a morning person, and, and you've been getting up, uh, we, we certainly want to shout you out and say that. And if you're new to the broadcast, you go, oh, my goodness, this is my first time. Hey, you can join us for the last seven days. You don't have to do 21, but you can jump right in where we are and you can join us for these last seven days. And then if in today and you kind of mentioned that, uh, you know, if you if you kind of stop going to where you're going to church or you've been looking for a new church or you don't have a church at all and you say, you know what, I'm really enjoying it here. You have to let us know that we go together. That we go together. You, we, you, we, you know, we, we can't we be in a no secret relationship. You have to tell us. And the way together. you tell us is by joining us in, in virtual partnership by simply going to www.focchurch.com. And if you just scroll the page just a little bit, you'll see a form there for partnership information. Or you can just take that link that you see on your screen from the comment section, copy and paste it into your browser, fill it out. And what you're going to get is you're going to get a, a welcome response. Uh, from our ministry. And also you're going to get information about how to join our virtual partnership uh, community, right? Uh, Because what we're looking to do is we're looking to get all of our virtual partners from around the world. And hopefully when things get better, uh, where COVID-19 is concerned, we're praying for September. Hopefully things will be better. People do the right thing, wear their mask, get the vaccine, do everything, wash their hands, use, um, you know, the the cleaner for their their hands and sanitize everything. If we can get back, we would love to have a day, a weekend, well, we could have all of our virtual partners come together because I think that would just be awesome, don't you? It is. And we also talked about that once the world opens up again, yes. we're going to begin to travel different places where yes. our partners are. Chris, we hitting the road and we're going to um, do some um, victory weekends, right? Because yeah. champions ought to have victory weekends to celebrate what God is doing. And, and so based on that, go ahead right now and share this video like the video, actually click like on the video and then tag some of your friends and family. Listen, the more 
virtual partners we have in a given area is where we're going to start traveling to first. Yes. So if we start having a lot of Except people in Vegas, Baltimore, we going to we're Vegas. going to Vegas for sure. <laughs> That's kind of for us. Uh, but we're going to, you know, we're looking at Baltimore. We're looking at some places in the Carolina. Wherever our partners are, what we want to do is have what we're going to call a Super Sunday, and we want to actually travel to that area, and we want to actually have service there, uh, so we get to meet and see some of these wonderful people who partner with us. Right. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you know, I just want to say this. I want really want to encourage you guys. I really want to encourage you guys to make sure that you stay plugged into the word. Please. You know, one of the things that a lot of people found in this pandemic that we keep encountering because people message us and talk to us is that a lot of people found out that they were super connected to church, yes. but they weren't really connected to the word. Yes. And you will find that that's one of the reasons that Pastor Edwin and I teach the way that we do, because at the end of the day, many of you have been going to church for a long time with not a lot of breakthrough. Right. And so we want you to love the word. We want you to love hearing from God. We want you to get it's why Ralph teaches the way that he teaches. It's because we know that it's the word that will it change is. your life. Everybody it put is. in the comments, say it's the word that changes my life. It's the word it's that, the changes, word that my changes my life. And um, when you were with me on strategies for success, you talked about um, this thing that you've said to us for years, which is that um, so many people, you know, just because you go to church, it doesn't mean you're a word person. It just does. It doesn't mean that you're a faith person. And so a lot of people have really been shaken in this pandemic because they found out they didn't actually know the word. Mm -hmm. They didn't actually really, really know Jesus. They didn't actually know how to anchor themselves mm -hmm. in times mm -hmm. of trouble. Mm -hmm. And so we want you guys to learn how to anchor yourself in the word of God so that you can live in victory no matter what's going on in the world. Absolutely. But tell them the thing that you always say about the car in the garage. Well, you know, because when we, you know, you, you say you grew up Baptist. I grew up Church of God in Christ. And when we first came into what people are calling the word of faith uh, movement, non-denominational movement, you know, it, the idea was that because you went to a church that said it was word of faith, and it was a lot of churches actually even named word of faith. But just because you go to a word of faith church doesn't make you a person of faith any more than standing in your garage makes you a car. Just because you go in your garage, you don't automatically become uh, a Mercedes Benz, right? You don't even become a Toyota. J just because you go into your garage doesn't make you a car. But just because you keep going week after week after week to a word of faith church, it doesn't make you a person of faith. To become a person of faith, you got to learn mm -hmm. to to hear what God is saying and then have actions that correspond to that. That's yes. what makes you a person of because faith. Because you're not in faith. Number one, if you haven't heard God, right, and you're not in faith if you're not obeying, right. So if you're wondering, am I a person of faith? If you are operating in disobedience, you cannot be a person of right. faith because the definition of faith is to hear and do, right. It's to hear and do, right. Yeah. And I think that's so important because we want to see you guys win. This church is called Fellowship of Champions. Yes. The Bible says, "Thanks be to God who's given us the victory." We don't just want you to be saved and then like live like hell the rest of the week. Right. We don't want we don't want you beat up by life, beat up by sickness, terrified of COVID, terrified of not having any money, terrified of all of these other things. We want you to know how to live in victory. And so we celebrate every person who comes and sits every week and sits for 90 minutes yeah. to two yeah. hours, right? Yeah. Um, and because it's the word that's going to change your life. And, and so we want that. And then we're talking about something right now, which is the power, the breakthrough power of prayer and fasting, mm -hmm. because you need to know 
that Jesus did not say if you fast. Yes. Jesus did not say that fasting was optional for believers. Right. He said that there are literally some things that do not move in your life. But by. But by. Yes. The only way they move is by prayer and fasting. Yes. And I think that sometimes what we have done in the church is that when people don't have a good foundation, they think certain things are optional. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, my church didn't grow up fasting. I guarantee you if your church didn't grow up fasting, your church also didn't grow up with a lot of supernatural power. Yep. What you what you did was you had a lot of good church services with no power yep. because Jesus has said there are things that don't move unless you pray, but by prayer and fasting. Another way to say it is there are some things that take all that. There are some, everybody say that. Say there are, <laughs> there are some breakthroughs that take all yeah, of that. There are some things that take all that. There you, are some breakthroughs yes. that take all that. And I want to say one more thing before you recap. I think this is so important. I think this is something that we've managed to do really well. I grew up Baptist. You grew up Church of God in Christ. And we say that if you took what we, what we are, we have combined, <laughs> we've combined the best of everything we've learned from every place, yeah. right? And what I would say to you is that no matter how you grew up, you probably learn some good things about yeah, God, yeah. but no denomination teaches you everything right, about God. Right. So you have to be willing to say, like, I'll use myself as- And we're name. growing and becoming. We no, don't claim to know everything we about don't, God. Oh, and we don't right, know everything. Right. In fact, the more we read, the more we know right. how much we don't know right. about God. But I will say this, in my Baptist church, I learned some things about really understanding scripture. But when I went to the church of God in Christ with you, I learned about sanctification, mm -hmm. that it did matter how you live, mm -hmm. right? And then we spent all of those years sitting under faith teaching, and we learned that God responds to faith. And then from the Catholic Church, we learned the power of communion. Mm -hmm. Don't be so tied to how you learned it, especially when how you learned it isn't working. Well, I, I say it to people like this all the time. If you want to build a house, you need as many tools at your disposal as possible. It may be possible to build a house with just a hammer and a screwdriver, but it's going to take you a long time. A long time. So you want to be make sure that when you're learning things, when you're growing and becoming, part of growing and becoming is learning additional tools. You ought to always be learning. You ought to always, always be learning, right? Because uh, we, we used to call it, I forget the word we used to use, but it was a word we used, uh, oh, lifelong learner. You ought to be a lifelong learner. You ought to always be willing to learn something every single day. You ought to be open to learning something new. Because you want to have this growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. And the truth of it is, is that when you hear about somebody else's breakthrough, you can't get their breakthrough. <coughs> excuse me. If you're not willing to do what they did. Sure. So when someone tells you I was spending time in the word, I was sowing seed, I was fasting, I was all of this. You can't now say I'm going to claim this promise, right. but I'm not going to do those things. Right. right. And I think that that's one of the things that people really do miss out of a corporate fast, because thankfully, a lot of people were honest and they said, hey, we haven't fasted with virtual part. I mean, partners who said we don't usually do the fast. And I said to them, because, you know, I'm a little more straightforward than you are sometimes. I said, and that's why you struggled the way that you struggle, because when other people were fasting and doing the work to get the breakthrough, you were willing to sit back and keep your cookies. But what did your cookies cost you? Mm -hmm. And so as we're talking about this concept of prayer and fasting, guys, let's really sink in and not see prayer and fasting as some kind of prison, but see prayer and fasting as something that sets us up or breakthrough. I agree. 100%. Right. So the, this is this is week three of teaching this particular lesson, the breakthrough power of prayer and fasting. Oh, we got to pray. And, and, and we'll let you pray in just a moment. Okay. I'll kind of tell them what we're going to tell them. Okay. We'll tell them what we told them. 
and then we'll tell them what we told them at the end. Yes, and so basically, uh, this is week three. And in week three of the Breakthrough Power of Fasting and Prayer, what we've done so far, uh, we've talked to you about these five foundational tenets that we will review today. We won't go through all the scriptures. We'll just review those today. And then we had eight benefits, the eight benefits uh, of, of the, the Breakthrough Power of Prayer and Fasting. We covered four of them. Uh, last week. We'll recap those real quickly. Uh, Pastor, probably going to spend some time on one of them because uh, you've been talking about it all week. Uh, and then hopefully we'll get to uh, numbers five through eight. Uh, so we'll finish this lesson up so we can get to the power of partnership on next week. So we got a plan. We've been working this out. If you, if you hang with us, we're going to take you through this journey. We're going to walk you through this. And I'm telling you, your every week's going to get better and better. So with that being said, Pastor is going to pray and then we'll get into the recap in the lesson for today. Amen. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with yes. much thanksgiving. You're so gracious and you're so kind. And first of all, we just want to say thank you for being God. Thank you for being our healer, yes, our deliverer. Thank you, thank you for being our father. Yes. Thank you for rescuing yes. us out of trouble. Thank you for being the God who troubles our trouble. Mm. Thank you for being wisdom. Thank you for being thank counsel. You. Thank, thank you. you for thank being you. knowledge. Thank you for being might. Yes. Thank you for being power. Thank you for being everything we need. Yes. And we thank you thank that you, you gave us Jesus. Glory to, Glory God. to God. Thank God Glory for Jesus. God. Because of Jesus, we are new. And we thank you, Jesus, for your blood sacrifice for our freedom yes. because the Bible says without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin mm -hmm. so we thank you for the shedding of the blood yes. of Jesus that allows us to have a new birth experience and we thank you that you did not just stop there but you gave us the Holy Ghost thank God thank for the Holy you. Ghost yes. so that we don't thank have you, to Holy live Spirit. by willpower but we can live by supernatural yes, power and so Holy power. Spirit we invite you even now come and tear down every stronghold every Pull the scales off of our yes. eyes. Take the spiritual wax out of our ears. Yes. Unclog yes. the arteries yes. of our spiritual yes. heart so that we can live in alignment with what you have said about Amen. us. Now we declare you made a promise. You said that if we teach this word, there would be signs, wonders, and miracles follow. And we will not settle for a gospel that is just good. Amen. We want a gospel that comes yes. with power. And so we put a demand even now for the power right of now, God to go across Jesus. the nation, to go across the continents, to touch, to heal, to deliver, yes. and to set your people yes. free. Yes. We declare that this is the year of release and the people of, of God cannot stay bound. Yes. We command every shackle and every chain every to be broken, every, every lie chain. to be dismantled, every chain to be broken free, yes. and the people of God to walk and be established yes. in freedom. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. In I Jesus just heard name. that real strong. For some of you, you are ending your dry seasons. Amen. There are no more seasons of going back to bondage no to you. There are no more cycles in your life. You are being established in freedom. Established. Somebody ought to take that by faith right now. Even on this fast, you are being established by freedom and the, in freedom. And there are things that are going to be broken for the final time in your life. Amen. There are things that are going to be broken. You are never going back to that relationship. You are never going back to that poverty. You are never going back to that sickness. It is broken in your life in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, you ought to go ahead and type that Glory in the comment God. section. Go ahead and just type that in the comment section and just say, I am established in freedom. I'm established I in freedom. I am established in freedom. Why? Because the Bible says whom the son sets free 
is free indeed. And you have been set free if you are born again. And so your feet are established in freedom. No more bondage, no more dry seasons, no more lack, no more shortcomings in the name of Jesus. And, and the reason you need to say it is because the Bible says you shall decree a thing and it will be established. Mm -hmm. See, when I said it, I took it for my life. Mm -hmm. When he said it, he took it for his life. Now you need to take it for your own life. I am established in freedom. And I'm telling you, I feel the anointing right now. If you have some health challenges right now, you ought to take freedom in your health mm -hmm. right now. You ought to lay hands on your body. You ought to say to your body, it's enough of this. I am established in the freedom Ooh, that Jesus good. has given me. I'm not, I, I, I'm not taking these allergies anymore. I'm not listen, taking these, this lack of balance yes. anymore. I'm not taking these stomach issues anymore. Yes. I'm not taking the diagnosis anymore. I am, I am established illness. in freedom, yes. which includes healing. Somebody ought to take that. Amen. You can go ahead and send your testimonies. Amen. You can check your body right now. Even right now, somebody is feeling something break in their body right now. Right now in Jesus name. I am Hallelujah. Established I am established in freedom. I am established, I am established in freedom. In freedom. Mm -hmm. I, I say this. You better flood that comment section. I am established in freedom. I'm established in freedom. And somebody just needs to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going back. Yep. I'm not going back. This is it. This is it. I'm not I'm, I'm not just getting free for 21 days on a fast to then spend the rest of my life in the same cycle that I've been in. No, it ends today. I'm free I'm, at last. I, I'm free at last. Yes. I'm taking it right now. Who is that for? You need to put it in the comments. I, 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 that's for me right now. I'm not having any dry seasons, any more dry seasons in prayer. I'm not having any dry, any more dry seasons where I'm tired of going to church. I'm not having any more dry seasons where I don't want to hear nope. what God is saying about my life. I'm not having any more dry seasons in employment. I'm not having any more dry seasons in finances. I'm not having any more dry seasons in my family and in my relationships. My dry seasons have ended. I am taking it by faith today. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm Amen. taking it. I'm so let's it. so let's get into this while you while you are celebrating and giving God glory for Hallelujah. your freedom that you are established in freedom that you are free at last and that you are not going back uh, to that old situation anymore you are going to live new in Christ let's begin to talk about these five foundational tenets that we started with a couple of weeks ago again I'm just going to read them to you uh, so those of you that are new and you're saying wait a minute they're going too fast you can go back you can go to our web page uh, you can go to uh, our Facebook page you can see the messages from the last two weeks concerning these subjects and hear the scriptures and the explanations but this morning I'm just going to read through these five foundational tenets that we established so that we can begin to get into all the benefits so the first foundational tenet we said was that every provision that God has for his people will be contended against. That means that everything God promises you, the enemy's job is to stop you from getting it. And your job is to fight to make sure that you attain or attain what God has for mm -hmm. you. Number two, we said the second one was that believers need the right weapons to live victoriously. Mm -hmm. You want to go back and listen to the message because we talked about a lot of different weapons that are already available to you. We won't recap them all today, but I'm telling you as a believer, you need to have the right weapon. Just like you need the right thing to build the house, you need the right tool to do the job properly. There are various weapons that God has made available to us that are always victorious when we fight the enemy. Mm -hmm. Number three, we said that prayer and fasting 
increases, watch this, our ability to operate in the power of God. Mm -hmm. We talked about this last week. We said, stop asking God for more power and start understanding the power you have and how to pro uh, how to appropriately operate in that power. Yes. Because God's given us everything we already need to defeat the enemy. Yes. And then number four, we said that the, uh, the absence of knowledge is the reason for destruction and that the absence of revelation is the reason for frustration. Mm -hmm. And we talked about what revelation is. We talked about what knowledge is. And we said, you need them both because yes. you don't want to, you, you don't want to be frustrated and you don't want to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And then number five, the five uh, foundational tenet we talked about was that prayer and fasting causes revelation. In other words, light, illumination to break forth into our lives. That when we are on this fast, this is day 14, surely you ought to have had something revealed to you. Something should have uh, come to you that now is clearer than 14 days ago. Mm -hmm. Because that's the power of prayer and fasting. It causes revelation to break forth in our lives. And then last week we got into these four of the eight benefits of prayer and fasting. And someone asked a question this week. They asked me, they said, you know, anytime you and Pastor Sean teach, y'all always talk about uh, the benefits of certain things. The reality of it is, is that the Bible is full of benefits, right? Yes. The Bible is just full of so many benefits. It's impossible to talk about the things we're supposed to do and not understand how God can make it a benefit to Amen. you. I said, so, so, so when we talk about the fact that we are a church teaching you to walk in love, to live by faith, so you can experience God's prosperity. Prosperity to us is not just money. No, prosperity no, is prosperity no. includes money, but it's includes, not just not money. Just money. So, so everything God tells us, He tells us because there's a benefit to it, and it's our job as believers to understand that benefit, so we know the proper expectation to have. And it's biblical because Psalms Absolutely. 103 it says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and, and don't forget, forget not." not. <laughs> you, you, you using King James? You I, I, my yeah, meme yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You using King James? <laughs> I'm using NLT, but it says basically God says He doesn't want you to forget the benefit. Benefits. Yeah. Now hear me. That he says, I don't want you to put the benefits first. Right. I want you to put me first, but I want you to know there is somebody ought to type this in the comments. There is a reward to putting God first. There is a reward. There is a reward to putting God first. There is a reward. And in fact, I believe in Job 36 and 11, it says, if you serve me and if you serve me and obey me, you will spend your years in prosperity and your days in pleasure. Now, I messed that scripture up a little bit, but the point of it is there are benefits <laughs> to putting God first. There is a reward to putting God first. And we don't want you to be like there's a story told about years ago when a guy took a um he took a ship from a, a ship from um England to the United States and he had saved up his money to buy his ticket. And so he didn't know that the meals came in the price mm -hmm. of the ticket. So he was on the ship for all of the weeks mm -hmm. that it took to be able to do that. And then he's eating crackers and stuff in his room because there's not any food. And then finally, with three days left, the steward comes and says, do you not like our food? Why haven't you been eating? And he said, I didn't have the money for it because he didn't know that it was in the benefit package that came with his ticket you gotta know you the need to package. understand that jesus is your ticket he's your access into all the benefits of salvation do not settle for just going to heaven amen do not settle for just going to heaven because he says when you pray to pray this thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven that means that when when you got born again as a born again believer filled with the holy spirit 
God did not want you to wait to live the best life that he has for you till the day that you die and go to heaven. Mm -hmm. He says you can pull heaven into earth. We, of course, there are benefits to walking with God. Of course, there are benefits. And I think that because this hasn't been taught, people see every instruction as God is grievous. They're like, God wants me to do another thing. God wants to take this away from me. No, 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 beloved. God (laughs) wants to give you all of his goodness. Yeah, and Josh, well, you're right. Joshua said, don't settle for the basic package. No one wants to. Why would you settle for the basic package when you've been given a premium package? When you've been given the premium. <laughs> all it's, it's like a, it's like having a cable package. You paying for the basic, but you got access to everything else. But you don't watch them because you don't know. You need to understand. Jesus gave us the premium package. So we formulated in the time in talking about benefits and talking about breakthrough, because for us, what's been our experience is the more we understand the goodness of God, the more we want to obey him. Mm-hmm. Man, anybody that good, you know, the truth of it is the better you are to me, the better I want to be to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, if you got good sense, yeah. if someone is yeah. good to you, you want to be good to them. So when we can show you how good God is, in fact, God is so good that his goodness is almost offensive. Mm-hmm. His goodness is almost offensive. How could how could someone so perfect be so good to people who are imperfect? There is a reward to obeying God. Well, that's actually the name for the, that's actually the, the definition for the gospel. Yes. The, the definition for for the gospel is the too good to, to be, be true, true news. news. The, it's too, the gospel is too good to be true. It's almost unbelievable. Like you said, it's almost offensive because it's too good to be true news. That's what the gospel is. Well, think about it. Of course it is. So we, I'm the one who sinned. You're the one who sinned. And then Jesus, who is perfect, literally comes and lives in, in the earth, perfect, demonstrating the father of God, and then goes to the cross, takes all of our sin, goes to hell, takes back the keys, gets up and says, even though I'm the one who got beat, I'm the one who was pierced, I'm the one who was nailed, I'm the one who went to hell, I did all of that for you, and now you, and all you got to do to receive it is just believe and obey Mm -hmm. come on guys that Mm -hmm. is a that's the gospel of the the too good good to be be true true news you ought to just start saying that when you want to minister somebody you say i want to tell you some news that's just too good to Mm -hmm. be true so you mean to tell me that literally all god asks for us is for us to believe and obey Mm -hmm. every single thing that you can sum up that god will ever ask you to do can be summed up in two things all he asks you to do is to believe and obey yeah to believe, to believe enough to obey. Mm-hmm. Man, that's just so wonderful mm-hmm. to me. So we started talking about the benefits of fasting mm-hmm. because there are some benefits to fasting. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the the first benefit, and you know, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna talk about this one right here. And so we'll rush through the other ones because Pastor Ed would say we gotta get to the end. Here's the difference. He's a teacher. He's always gotta get to the next point on well, the day. Well, you told him what we're gonna teach next week. So what? You we'll get gonna... there. We're gonna get okay, there. Right. We're gonna get there, babe. <laughs> Hey, we're going to get there. But the number one. She want to preach number one. So I'm going to let her preach number one to y'all. And then I'll let you take, I'll let you take two, three, and four. So then we can wrap it up. All right. Cool. Okay, man. All right. Cool. So listen, number one blessed me so much. I dreamed about this scripture. I dreamed about this scripture because it says prayer and fasting gives us access to break into new levels, to break into new levels. So it literally means if you have been stuck (laughs) in this place, 
where every month you run out of money mm -hmm. before the month is over. And that has been the that's been the theme of your family. That's what happens for your sisters. That's what happens for your mama. That's what happened for your big mama. Mm. He says that prayer and fasting can break you through to a new level where you're no longer living, running out of money before you run out of month. Amen. Man, that is so good. Amen. Whatever. No, it's really good. no, and then Jeez, he said, <laughs> and then he's like. If you've been struggling with sickness and you've gone to every doctor and all they told you they can do is give you some pills to manage it, that prayer and fasting can break you into a new level of healing where you are not managing, but you are walking in healing. Because I want to say something that might offend somebody. You know, God's best plan for us isn't healing. It's to never be sick. It's to never be sick. Yeah. God's best plan for us is to never be sick. Yeah. He's looking for some people who will begin to boldly declare because of what Jesus did. I can never be sick again. Mm -hmm. I can never be sick again to have some boldness to say I can never be sick again. So literally, I love this. And then you use Ezekiel 47 in the voice. See, it's your fault because I had the King James translation and then you switched <laughs> it up and put the voice in. And I got to read this to y'all again. Read it, babe. Yes, babe. I'm going <laughs> to read it. I'm going to read it. Because the other thing, too, is I want the people of God to get excited about the I, word. I, do too. I, I want them. You know, babe teased me last week. He said, babe, you want to teach them every single thing we know about God in one year. I said, I do. Because if they could learn everything that it's taken us 21 years to learn, can you imagine the acceleration on their life? I do want to teach them, but I know I can't. Okay. I know I can't, but I want to, I want to. Okay. So it says in Ezekiel 47, the voice translation verses one through 12. Y'all get excited about this. It says the man whose appearance was like bronze led me back to the temple entryway. There I observed a stream of water bubbling up from beneath the temple threshold, flowing eastward in the same direction the temple faced. The water was running parallel to the temple's wall south of the altar. This flowing, running, living water cleanses, heals, and restores everything in its path. My God led me through the north gate and took me around the outside wall to the east gate. The man walked toward the east with a measuring line in his hand and measured off 1,750 feet or about a third of a mile. Then we walked together through ankle deep water. He measured another 1,750 feet and we walked together now through water that was knee deep. He measured as we walked another 1,750 feet and we waded together through water that was waist deep. Then he measured off another 1750 feet. But this time I couldn't wade any further because the water was too deep. Now the stream had become a river deep enough for swimming. Son of man, have you seen anything like this? Then my God brought me back to the river's edge. When we got back, I looked and I saw orchards along both sides of the river. This river flows eastward and runs into the Jordan Valley to the place where it flows into the Dead Sea. The moment it meets the sea, the salty water becomes fresh. Swarms of creatures will flourish wherever this river flows. Schools of fish will swim through currents of fresh water for wherever this water flows, everything will come. Come alive from Ingedi to Englam, fishermen will stand on the shore and spread out their nets. They will come there because the waters contain many fish of various kinds, just as the Mediterranean Sea does. However, the swamps and the marshes won't become fresh. These will continue to provide salt. 
All kinds of trees will flourish along both sides of the river. Their leaves won't wither and their fruit won't fail. Every month they will bear a fresh crop of fruit because they are nourished from the water that flows from the temple sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves will be for healing. <laughs> Teach, babe. <laughs> Do you see what God is saying to us? Amen. He's literally saying to us, that if you will come and get in this flow of the spirit, that everything that is dead in your life. Amen. Amen. It will live. It will. Your dead relationships, your dead finances, anxiety, all of that. It will live. It will live. He's saying you don't have to die. You can be flourished every single month. When we made the declaration that there would be no more dry places, we didn't make it up. He said every single month you can have fresh fruit. He is inviting us into a life where we are never bored or dry or barren again. Amen. 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 <laughs> Preach, Reverend. Preach. <laughs> I, I, if that don't speak to you. Right. I don't know if you know him. He's literally saying, I see you right now. You're running out of money. I see you right now. You're anxious. You're, you're struggling. You're struggling with depression. You're in this cycle. But I want to tell you that there is a flow in the spirit. I want to tell you that there is a flow in the spirit where everything that was dead comes alive. Everything that was dead. Come, I just by faith in the scripture, I just want to say live. Yeah. Live everything that belongs in your life. Live everything that God has for you. Live, live. You want to take that by faith. He says, live. He's so gracious that he sees you in these dry spaces. He sees you in these dead spaces. He sees you with these dreams that you have forgotten about. He says, but if you will step into my flow, if you will keep going deeper with me, if you will move past a trickle, if you will move past a little bit, if you will step into your ankles, if you will go to your knees, if you will go to weight in your waist, if you will swim in this, you literally will flourish and have fruit in every season. Amen. All right. Amen. I feel better. <laughs> Man, and, I and, love Jesus. And, and the key to I that is that's Jesus. not just it is it is it is a scripture that makes your heart happy. It is a scripture that when you read it and you get a visual picture of it, it excites you. But we cannot lose the essence of the teaching of that scripture. Because when he says that the man took a measuring yard and he took him another 1750 feet, what he's really illustrating to us is how willing are you to continue to obey God? How willing are how you? How willing are you to continue to obey God? Because you don't just get out past your ankles and past your knees and past your waist till you can only swim into the presence of God unless you're willing to be that obedient. Yes. And so, so yes, it is a feel good scripture. Yes, you ought to get excited. Listen, we all know Pastor Sean can preach about grass and make it sound exciting, but she loves this scripture. We talked about it all week. She done dreamed about it. She told me she was going to preach again today. I was like, babe, we got six or uh, seven more things to get to. But I wanted her to teach that because really what you need to understand is that that's the excitement you ought to get from reading the word. 
when you read the word, because you understand that that's an archetype of the man who represents Jesus for us. And what he was doing is he was measuring out saying, how willing are you to obey? How willing are you to obey? Are you willing to obey this far? Then you can get your ankles wet. Are you willing Ooh, to obey good. this much? Then you can get your knees wet. Are you willing to obey this much? I can put you in waste water. Now, if you're willing to obey me like this, that means that you're swimming in it. You're totally dependent on me. He said, and when you get to the point that you are totally dependent on me, then every time you face a salty situation, yes. I, because you're in me, will turn your salty situation fresh. And that was the thing for me that was like, I love this scripture. Uh, and it's important for us to understand it's a feel good scripture, but it's about obedience. It's about, it's about obedience. Amen. But how do you read that and not want to obey? You should want to obey. How do you read that Absolutely. and not want to obey Amen. and be like, you know what? I'm out here trying to manage my life myself. I'm trying to manage my money myself. I'm trying to manage my health myself. Man, I'm going all the way in this water because in this water, all I got to do is follow. I don't have to figure out the plan. I just follow God. One of the declarations we declared when we were, when we were preparing this is we said that in that we declared that in 2021, 2021 will be a year where dead things in our lives come to life and that we as a, as a, as a individuals and as a church no longer experience uh, anything that is not supernatural. Yes. We want supernatural fruitfulness in every single month. And so we declare that over our lives and over our partners' lives that every single month, not it ain't gonna be no old fruit. We're talking about new fruit springing forth in your life every single month. Amen. Amen. Babe. Yes. Thanks for letting me preach. That. You're welcome, babe. All right. You can do the next <laughs> preach right. so we can preach. So on. let's talk about the other three benefits that we mentioned on last week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the second thing we said after we talked about the fact that prayer and fasting gives us access to break into new levels was that prayer and fasting causes the destruction of yokes and burdens to be removed, which is, just what, we talking which is what we were talking about, the destruction of yokes and burdens to be removed. So how do I get the destruction of yokes. How do I get from underneath the yoke and how do I remove these burdens from my life? I obey God. I obey God. I obey, I God. obey God. It's a benefit of prayer and fasting. Number three, the third thing we said is that prayer and fasting gives us access to speedy restoration of health and vitality. We were saying last week that not only does prayer and fasting restore our health, it'll restore the things that we thought we had lost. Yes. The Bible says that God has a way to give us back the years that the locusts and the canker worms ate from us or took from us the things that we forfeited because of our ignorance or our disobedience. That when we begin to pray and to fast and obey God, that again, here it is, it causes this destruction of yokes and the burdens to be removed. But then number three, it now gives me speedy restoration. Speedy restoration. Not just in my natural body, mm -hmm. but even spiritually. It mm -hmm. gives me speedy rest. Somebody type in there, I have speedy restoration. Go ahead and type that in the comment sections. I have speedy restoration. And then whatever area you need restoration in, you declare that for your own life. Amen. And Amen. then number four, the fourth thing we got to on last week before we ended, we said that prayer and fasting gives us access to new levels of sanctification. Levels and we talked about that. You know, how am I going to get sanctified? Obedience helps me to become sanctified. The more I obey, the more I practice obedience, the more perfect I become at it. We said last week that it takes over 10,000 of perfect practice in order to become an expert. Well, if I can practice being obedient for 10,000 hours, I become an expert in obedience. And when that does, it allows me to sanctify the areas of my life where the enemy wants me to do things to self-sabotage myself. Because you're never going to stop. Somebody asked this question, how do, you stop, uh, how do you stop yourself from having wrong thoughts? You really don't. 
because we, we live in a world and the Bible says that the devil is a prince of this air. He's always going to make suggestions to us. That don't mean we have to grab hold to the suggestion. We don't have to eat. We don't have to take the bait of Satan. Right. Because what we can learn to do is to learn to practice obedience so much that it literally sanctifies us. Holy W.H.O.L.L.Y. It sanctifies us in every area of our life. Mind, will, and emotions. I think it's so important because I don't think we've done a good enough job. I mean, you may feel different because you grew up Kojic, but I will say this as somebody who did not grow up Kojic. We don't, we haven't done a good enough job as the corporate leadership in church to talk about what sanctification means. Mm -hmm. It matters to God how we live. Mm -hmm. God loves us no matter how we live. But it matters to God how we live. As the old folks say, you ought to live like something. You ought to live like something. And when we don't live like something, I believe one of the reasons that it matters to God is because the Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. God has so much goodness stored up for us. But if we won't obey him in an area, he cannot release that goodness to yes. us. Even It's just like being a parent. And, you know, we got a story. We're not going to call that kid's name, but we got a story about a kid who wanted a cell phone. Mm -hmm. They wanted a cell phone for their 13th birthday. And we kept telling them that they needed to obey in order to receive the cell phone. We had already bought the cell phone. We had it. We were ready to give it to them. It was the latest phone that was out. But they just kept fighting and kept doing it their own way. And then when it was their birthday, they thought that because we love them so much that we would abandon our word in order to make them happy. And they were so sad when mm -hmm. they did not get that cell phone. Mm -hmm. And many of you, you have been deceived into believing that God loves you so much that God is going to back up off of his word because you are the apple of his eye and you are and you so special to him that he's going to say, even though Sean won't do what I told her to do in the area of her money, I'm still going to pour blessings on her. And that is just not how it works. So sanctification, it sets us apart for a specific purpose. What's the specific purpose we all been set apart for? Obedience. Mm hmm. What am I created to do? Obey God. It's, it's also uh, a draw. Um, if we live like the world, if we act like the world and we talk like the world, what is the draw? Yeah. No. Talk about it, Pastor. If, if, if we indeed say that we live a life for Christ, but the life that we live is no different no than different. a person who says there is no God, then where is the draw? The draw has to be that there is some peculiar peculiarity about us that that people in the world says, wait a minute, there's something on them. You know, we call it oil. There ought to oil. be some it oil. Be some oil, be some oil on your life where people go, wait a minute, I, it's something different about them. I know that they're like me, but it's something different about them. And so it has to be a draw. You got to live like something. You got to live like but, something. But again, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, and everybody started laughing, but it's that it's the idea of of you know just just knowing scripture, just knowing it, um, and and knowing what it says, and being able to repeat it, and being able to recite it, and even be able to explain it. That's considered orthodoxy, right? And it's great to have sound orthodoxy, but what we're looking for also is orthopraxy. We need people who have a behavior that lines up with scripture. You know, it's what Jesus got onto the Sadducees and Pharisees about. He says, y'all know all the scripture. You can teach. You can teach like nobody can teach, but you don't live like nothing. 
And so the reality of it is, is we need to have both. We need to have sound orthodoxy and sound orthopraxy so that when we encounter people in the world, they, they, we, they, don't, they don't see us just like them. We're not saying the same thing, acting the same way, doing the same, responding the same way. We got to have something different in us. But the truth of it is, is that many believers do want to be like the world. And that's the problem. They want to be like the world because they don't see the supernatural advantage to living a sanctified life. Right. And, you know, and I talk a lot about social media because social media is the world where people are interacting with us now. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when I get on social media and I get frustrated and I cuss, how am I any different than somebody who doesn't know the Lord? I'm just keeping it real. You could have kept it real without cussing like sure, that sure. when you went. When you, when you, when you just do anything out there and then you want to know why, because we're supposed to be liked, we're supposed to be drawing other people to him. I cannot draw somebody to be like him if I live just like they do. Mm -hmm. And we have so many believers who in truth, the reason they don't practice sanctification is because they practice a lifestyle of carnality. Yep. They, they say what they, there is no restraint in the. Go but ahead. prayer and fasting can help get them out of that. That's why we're talking about these benefits of prayer and fasting, because it may be how you've lived. It doesn't have to be how you continue to live. Which means that some people may have to pray and fast more than these 21 days sure. in order to break some of that stuff off of their life. In the same way that if somebody was, was 10 pounds overweight, the person who's 100 pounds overweight going to have to work a little longer, work a little harder in order to lose the weight. That's a good example, man. So, so, so everybody has to put in the work, but it depends on where you are. And only you and the, Ho the Holy Spirit will tell you where you are. He'll tell you whether you're, whether you're slightly overweight in the spirit or he'll tell you whether you're morbidly obese in the spirit and whatever you got to do to lose that spiritual baggage he can give you oh, the plan good. in order to work it out when you said that i thought about hebrews 12 where it says let us cast aside every sin in every way mm -hmm. there are some things in our life that are sin there are some things in our life that are weights and those weights are still holding up this journey of having everything leave mm -hmm. so that gets us into number five yep Prayer and fasting gives us access to a platform for express answer to prayers, mm -hmm. express answers to prayers. In other words, your deliverance is not supposed to be a long range plan. Amen. Your deliverance. Say my deliverance is not a long range plan. My deliverance is not a long range plan. What prayer and fasting does is that it really brings us into alignment with God so we can begin to hear what he wants us to pray because the fastest way to get your prayers answered is to hear what God wants you to pray and to pray that. Mm -hmm. And so when I can hear God clearly, God will begin to speak to you about what he wants to do in your life. And then he will tell you what to ask him for. Mm -hmm. And anytime God tells you to ask him for something, you can be guaranteed that the answer is yes, mm -hmm. as opposed to you trying to decide what you want. Right. And so it will it will speed up the answer to your prayers. Mm -hmm. You will stop having seasons where it takes 10, 15, 20 years to get things answered because prayer and fasting will clear out the clutter in such a way that you can hear God say, Edwin, I want to do this in your life right now. I want you to ask me for this. And then you ask him for this. Or you say, God, how do you want to handle this healing situation? God, handle, how do you want to handle this financial situation? Then he tells you and you begin to pray for that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen.
And so then we get to number six, and number six says that prayer. Oh, wait, I didn't read my scriptures. You, 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 you didn't, didn't want to read them. I, I didn't like, read my scriptures. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> All right, let's go I'm back sorry. to number five. Number five. You're still excited about uh, number one over I there. I am. Okay. I am. All right, hold on. <laughs> be kind. Be patient. All right. Isaiah 58 and 9. It says, <laughs> Then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here am I. If thou taketh away from the midst of thee the yoke and the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. I want to say that speaking vanity is what God calls when you say anything other than what he said. Mm -hmm. He calls that vanity. He says, if you will put that away, when you call, I will answer. When you cry, I will say, here am I. If you will take away this yoke of pointing the finger at other people and speaking vanity, saying something other than what I am saying, you will have an express answer of prayers Amen. then ezra 8 and 23 says so we fasted and prayed about these concerns mm. and he listened and he answered he us. didn't just listen he listened and he answered, he answered us. he listened and he answered so we go to god and we say we've got this situation in our family we've got this situation in our body we've got this situation in our money and we pray and we fast and it says we prayed and fasted about these concerns and he listened and he answered. I love it. Chris, that was a song Chris sang today. She said, when you pray, I will answer. Ask for rain and watch it fall. So one of the, the benefits of praying and fasting is that it's going to speed up the answer to your prayers. Amen. Wow, because precise questions bring about precise answers. Right? Amen. Amen. Which actually leads us right into number six, which is that prayer and fasting gives us access to divine guidance. Yes. And I got to stress this. It gives you access. That doesn't mean that if you pray and fast, it's just going to fall down. It gives you access, which means you have to ask God. When God gives you a promise, you need to. So many people, I see this happen all the time. God gives them a Talk promise and they just take off running after it. They start making their own way. They try to make their own thing happen. You know, God says something like, okay, uh, I'm going to get you out of debt. And then they just start trying to plan for how they're going to get out of debt. They start cutting back here. They start doing this. They start are doing that they they get a consolidation loan they start doing all of these things that are in their power but they never ever stop to get divine guidance on it do you think that's because we pride ourselves you see it a lot on social media people say god gives us common sense and so people start trying to do what's common instead of what the holy spirit is saying the only yes and the only problem with that is if you just operate off common sense, all you can get is common things. Ooh. We're believing God for supernatural things. Yes. So if we're believing God for supernatural things, I don't want common sense. I want God's sense. No, I want again. divine sense. Yeah. I want divine guidance. And that's why prayer and fasting is so important because it gives me, Edwin Strickland, access to divine guidance. I get guidance to do things and to operate in things in the way that other people wouldn't. And I give you a prime example of this. And Raph and I was laughing about this the other week. Uh, Back probably in November, December of 2019, Pastor Raph and I was doing an assessment of the equipment in our church. And we had started talking about and making a plan for what needed to be replaced and how we were going to place it and we was going to replace it. And, and we, had, we, had, we had a budget for it and, and God had superseded the budget. So we were ready to go. We were literally ready to go to purchase new sound equipment. We were going to get a new keyboard. We we're going to get new speakers, new monitors. We were going to do it because the church needed to upgrade. I was sitting on a plane and I was telling telling god how how you know i thanked him for all the stuff we were going to do and everything like that and he literally said to me i think it was january february he said he said you never even asked me 
And I was like, well, what do you, I was like, well, what do you mean? We, we, we had a plan. We, we, we know what to do. Ralph has already uh, priced everything. We got great quotes. Uh, we know your hand was on. I said, what do you mean? I didn't ask you. He said, you never asked me if it was time to replace the music equipment in the church. And I was like, but we got the money. We're not going to put it on credit. He said, but you never asked me. He just kept saying the same thing, but you never asked me. And so after I got through being ashamed for not asking him, I'm sitting on the plane and I literally say to him, okay, God, I said, should we buy the music equipment for the church right now? He says, nope, don't buy it. I'm like, well, why not? He didn't say anything else. So I just told rap, I said, look, rap, I know I told you we were going to buy this equipment, uh, but, but, but the Lord said, not right now. In fact, I told the whole church when, we, when I was standing up in front of y'all, I said, the Lord said, don't do that. And, and I didn't ask him and I made these plans and he said, don't do it. So we ain't doing it. March the 15th of 2020 was our last service in this building where people were here. So if I had went out and purchased all of that equipment, we just still had it, but it would have literally been unused for almost a year. God wants to give us divine guidance, but we got to understand how to, how to position ourselves to receive that. And we do it a lot of times through prayer and fasting. The, uh, the scripture we use for that is Isaiah 58 and 11. And it says, and the Lord shall guide thee continually. There it is. It says, and he is to satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Amen. In other words, he says, if you will get divine access from God, even when everybody else is experiencing dry seasons, guess what? No more dry seasons for Fellowship oh, of Champions. But that's so good. Right? No more dry seasons. Because if I rely on common sense mm -hmm. and what is happening in the world using common sense is drought. Yep. If even though I'm believe, even though I love God, I'm going to get common results. So I'm going to get a drought because they're in a drought. Because they're in a drought. But if I will clear my ears to hear God, then he will tell me what to do that will cause me to live above the drought, that will cause me to flourish in every season and have fruit in every month. Every That's month. really good. We really want to get away from this thing of thinking that we're so smart that we know the answer. Yep. Because even the best experts financially do not know the supernatural answers that will help you to excel no matter what the economy is doing, right? Yep. Even doctors who we thank God for doctors, but they're just practicing and God can give you a solution even when they say there is no cure. So one of the things we really want you to pull into this is that you don't have to live by common sense. Yep. And yes, people are going to think that you are crazy when you don't do what everybody else is doing. But when you get supernatural results, they're going to say, how did you do that? And there are even people right now who, you know, who who God told you that you were going to be at a certain place in business, but you're trying to make it happen. There are people that God told you that maybe you would live in a city at a particular time. And I share this testimony because I think it's so important. So many times. You know, we both been trying to move since we was little kids. Yeah. Before we ever met each other, we wanted to live someplace beside Arkansas. Mm -hmm. As a little girl, I used to say, I want to live in California, mm. right? When we got married, we got married with the intent to graduate and get the heck out of Arkansas. We were going to Atlanta. Yep. And I remember very specifically, the Lord told me in prayer one day, he said, do not go to Atlanta. If you go to Atlanta, your marriage will not survive. Mm. So I said, 
we can't go to Atlanta. Yeah. Now, then we had another time where it seemed like a God thing to move. Mm -hmm. We wanted to move to Maryland. Mm -hmm. We wanted to move to Maryland. Y'all actually went out there to scout out the land. Y'all had found a place. <laughs> and then we went yeah. back. You and I, we were talking to our spiritual parents. And literally, as we were sitting we were there, breakfast. we was having breakfast. And I began to weep because the Lord said, this is not your place. And we wanted to go. We wanted to go so bad. He was like, this is not your place. And one of the things that we had to grow up and do that many believers have never grown up to do to say, I would rather be in a place that I didn't pick that the blessing of God was mm -hmm. on than a place that I picked and ain't no blessing there. Yep. I would because when we see one of our expectations is, is that because we have been faithful to stay in Arkansas, even when we didn't want to, mm -hmm. because we held on to God's word. He obligated himself to bless us yes. in ways that would not have happened in Atlanta and in, um, in, in, in Maryland, even though we wanted to go. And many of you, you have moved into houses and you're struggling and you, you, you haven't moved cities and you haven't moved churches and he's told you to leave a job and then you stayed until you got fired because you did not understand that he gives us access to divine guidance. He will say, this is the way you should go. And sometimes, guys, we got to be honest. We don't ask because we don't want to know. Yeah. And the reality of it is, is that when you are guided by God's wisdom, it elevates you above challenges. So, so the reality of it is, is we don't know what challenges were going to be there in Atlanta. We don't know what challenge was going to be there in Maryland. But what we do know is that by obeying God, the challenges that we faced here, we've been able to rise above them. Amen. And so we want to challenge you. Get in your proper place. You know, get in your proper place because sometimes we think that something looks good over there or this is a great place for us, but it does not move. Etoy just said the Lord told them not to move to Atlanta and they had already put the money down. Mm. But the Lord said, do not move. Stay in your set place. The and, and those are the times that you really know whether you're in faith when, when you get offered the job. And the job is paying you twice what you're making and the benefits look good and the salary is good and the vacation is good. And it's the next level of your promotion. But God says, stay here. I'm a witness. I can tell you what that feels like to have to fight the idea of, wait a minute, this is what I went to school for. This, this is what my education is for. This is the next stepping stone. But if I take this job when God says no, I'm, I'm disobeying God. And so no matter what preparation I've had, no matter how, what kind of relationship I think I may ruin, if God says no, it's no for me. And sometimes you have, listen, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes you have to say no when you don't even know why you're saying no. You don't Except even know God why. told you no. You're like, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. I apply for the job. Uh, I, I, I interview for the job. They want me for the job. I got the job. I asked for this outrageous salary. They told me yes. And God said no. But I live by the fact that the Holy Spirit only tells me no to, to keep, keep me, me safe. safe. It is my it is my safe. grounding function in life it, that no matter how my emotions feel about it, if God says no, I am I am I am fortified 
in the fact that the only reason he told me no is because there's something out there to harm me. And he wants to keep me safe. And somebody needs to receive that right now, that the reason God is telling you no and not to do the things that you want to do right now is not because he's a hard taskmaster. Nope. It's not because he doesn't want you to live your dreams. It's because that's not your path. Yep. That's not. And what we do so many times is in common sense, we pick the path that someone else has done because it looks good for them. And then we go over there and the enemy tears us out the scene yep. and we say, God, why did you let this happen to me? He said, I never told you to be there to begin with. And in fact, the reason it wasn't worse is because of my grace and mercy. Yeah. Yep. Amen. And listen, and so then what happens is I want to say this as before as we go into number seven, when God says no, we get to discover who our God really mm -hmm. is. Yep. When God says no to you, see, is that man or that woman your God? Mm -hmm. Is that new job your God? Is that new city your your, your God? That dream? That, is, is it your job? Is the business? Is it your job? When God says no, you get to discover who your God is. When God says no, you get to discover who your God is. And you can always tell who your God is by how offended you get with God when he tells you no. Mm. If you get offended with God when he tells you no. Because it's a difference in being offended and being disappointed. Being di I've talk been about it. I've Dis been disappointed. They're, they're, they're having, I, I talk about it because there's some jobs that I turned down over the course of my career to stay pastor at Fellowship of Champions. We know, babe. We know, babe. <laughs> and we thank you for I, it. And praise God for and it because it's his best it. for my life. But there are, I'm telling you, you can be disappointed an outcome and still not be offended with God. Yes. I, I tell people all the time, I don't even understand the language people say when they say I'm offended with God. How are you offended with perfection? When you are when you are so imperfected, you wouldn't be offended with yourself more, but yet you're offended with God. That, that's how you know Delusion. that that's, that's just Delusion crazy and deception. But th there's a difference in being offended and being disappointed. W when I got an opportunity to take the job in Seattle, I really wanted that job. It, it was it was it was it was a, an assistant superintendent for leadership. It, it, it paid good money, even by today's standards. But God said, if you go to Seattle, it won't end well for you. Now, what am I supposed to do with that? Am I? Am, it's like it's like when Jesus asked his disciples, "Are y'all gonna leave too?" And they said, "No, where we gonna go?" But but here's the advantage that you had, which is what most people haven't developed. You could actually hear him say, don't go because it yeah. won't end well yeah. for you. Yeah. Many of us, when we want something, we begin to say, God said it. God is telling me to go. No, you are telling you to go because you don't know the difference between what you want and what God is saying. God is telling me that's my husband. God is telling me to go back to school. He is not telling you that. That is not what he's telling that's just you. What you're desiring. That's what you want. And what we do sometimes with our churchy selves is we dress up our own design we got a whole epidemic of that that we're seeing right now yep. in another context that we don't have to talk about yep. which is because people wanted something so bad they began to say that god said it and many of us do that in our lives we want something so bad and we begin to say god said listen just because you say god said it don't mean god said it but we saw that I mean, no. we, we ain't got to talk about it, but we saw that. No, just because <laughs> just because you say God said it right. doesn't mean God said it. And let me tell you something, as my spiritual father in Africa says, faith without proofs is fake. fake. Faith without proofs is fake. So the way we know that God didn't tell you to do it is the level of struggle and the way you getting your tail kicked in that place. Well, and the way that you have the way that you get out of having frustration 
about God's nose is understanding that he loves you so much. He'd never tell you no to hurt you. He never tell you no. To he would you. never tell. He he only tells me no, and I keep saying that. I know it sounds really simple, but he only tells me no because he's trying to keep me safe. So how do you get upset with someone who's trying to keep you safe? You know, and when you can have a intellectual understanding of that, it's easy to understand that in this particular situation, if God says no, then it's something better for me. Now, you know, I might can can dream and 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 be like, oh my gosh, if I had went out to Seattle, maybe I'd be the superintendent of San Diego Public Schools by now. Or maybe I could have got up there, got mugged and killed. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, either way, right? So I'm just gonna go with God kept me safe because it is the way that I don't get frustrated about the fact that I'm in Arkansas rather than being in Seattle or some other place right now. God's intentions for us is always good. Here's a, an important thing, and I don't know if they can find the scripture right there, but it says He, you will prosper where He planted you. Like we don't just get to uprooting human beings are the only creation of God that think they get to choose who they are. Mm -hmm. They're really like no tree is like, I don't want to be a tree. I want to be the ocean. And they uproot themselves and go out there and throw themselves in the water. We are the only creation of God that believes that we have the right to say to God, no, I'm not going to do what you told me to do. I'm not going to be who you told me to be. And I still want you to bless me while I'm not doing and not being who you told me to be. Yep. Now that gets, I want to say this too. You know, the place that I really wanted you to get to go. Where? I didn't want to stay there a long time, uh -huh. but Harlem, uh -huh. when they offered you the job in Harlem and I thought, I said, he's going to take it. He's going to take it. And I'm going to get to live in Harlem. And you said, God said no, but I knew he was going to say no, but I was just hoping anyway. It was a good trip. <laughs> <laughs> good interview. Uh, yeah. So then number seven, Prayer and fasting gives us access to realms of supernatural breakthrough. So one of the things that's bothered me that people used to say is that um, God did not design us to live off of miracles, which is actually not true. God designed us to live off his supernatural provision. And every time God helps us, that's a miracle. Now, what we mean, what we're trying to say is that God did not design you to live, that every month you need somebody to come through late in the midnight hour to pay your rent. But the instructions that God gives, they're going to lead to the miraculous because they're not going to be common. They're going to be supernatural. So prayer and fasting gives us access to the realms of supernatural breakthrough. Second Chronicles 22 through four, it says some men reported to Jehoshaphat, a large crowd is coming against you from the other side of the Dead Sea from Edom. The crowd is already in Hazazon Tamar, also called En Gedi. Frightened, Jehoshaphat asked the Lord, decided to ask the Lord's help. He announced a fast throughout Judah. The people for, of Judah gathered to seek the Lord's help and they came from every city. Now we know the rest of that story yeah, right there, yeah. but here's a, a very important lesson we learn right here. It says, when Jehoshaphat was frightened, what did he do? Mm -hmm. He asked for the Lord's help. help. Everybody put help. this in, com in the comments. When I am afraid, I will ask for the Lord's help. Mm -hmm. It says that when Josephat was frightened, he asked for the Lord's help. And so it says we already know that then God gave him a plan that actually seems stupid to people operating by right. common sense. Right. He told him, he says, listen, Jehoshaphat, after they fasted for three days, he said, listen, you cool. Y'all not going to need to fight in this fast, in this, in this battle. What we want you to do is we want you to send Judah first. Yep. 
Wait, we want you to send the praise team first? Yep. No, I want you to send the praise team first. Lord, you know we going into battle? Yes, I want you to send the praise team first. So it's like we getting ready to go into battle and we send Chris and the praise team first. He said, send the praise team first. And the Bible says that when they sent the praise team first, when they sent Judah first, that God got up and he began to defeat their enemies. See, here's the difference. God wants us to live in a place where he's the one who defeats our enemies. Can, and can we talk about the fact, because I think the part that gets missed in that story is that we say, oh, Jehoshaphat prayed, he asked the Lord, they fasted, he told him to send Judah first, and we make it sound like Judah was happy to go. Now, in my sanctified imagination, Judah knew what they were capable of. Judah knew they could sing heaven down, but they didn't know nothing about no war. So I'm sure that they had to be thinking, now, wait a minute, Jehoshaphat, did you really hear God? Did you really hear the Lord about sending us first? But then that's the reason you got to be connected to people who you know hear from the Lord. Because, because Judah went based off a word from Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat wasn't trying to get them to do something he wanted them to do. It was truly based off a word. And that's why you see the success. So you got to be careful when, when, when folks are trying to get you to do something that may seem out of the ordinary. If their track record is that they heard from God, you need to be able to trust that. That's the reason why the Bible says, believe in God and you'll be what? Established. Established, but believe in his prophets and you will what? Prosper. And that's exactly what they did when they read that story. The Bible says that they began to sing. The people were so confounded. They turned on each other, started killing each other. And when they got there to show up to, to do what they thought they were going to do, which was to fight, they spent all the rest of the time just gathering the spoils. And I think that this is so important. You do need to know where God has called and connected you. Because Absolutely. the way God has designed us to work is that we don't always know the answer. And we don't know the way that he should go. Yep. So he's given us a team of people. He's given us a five-fold ministry. And I'm thankful our ministry really does operate as a five-fold ministry in terms of people being in their set place. But I was thinking about this. One of the ways that I knew I needed to leave a church, even though I really love that church and how that church had really helped me grow up, when my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer and I wanted somebody to pray for her and I did not want my pastor to pray for her because I knew he didn't believe in healing. At that point, I knew that we had, had made a break, mm. that I was ready to mm. live at a life that he was. And so I graciously thanked him for everything that he had done for me. And I found me a place that believed in what I believed. Mm. And I, I think that sometimes what happens is, I want to say this just by the Holy Spirit, is that many times people stay in churches trying to make them be something. And you need to know that when you start trying to make your pastor be something, when you start trying to make a ministry be something, you're now operating in the spirit of witchcraft. Mm. Why? Because you don't know the vision that God gave somebody else. I couldn't tell this man that it was now because I needed to understand about healing, that he now should change his belief system and now and go and learn about the things that I wanted to learn about. But I also couldn't continue to sit in a place when I did not trust that man of God to be able to pray for me in a crucial situation. Yeah. And many of you, you need to repent because you have gotten into situations that when you didn't agree with your leadership, you began to try to pray. To It really was the spirit of manipulation to try to manipulate them into the path that you thought they should take instead of saying, this may not be my set place, which is why we talked about not talking Talking about church hopping because it is possible that a place could be the place that grew you up, but not be the place that you're supposed to stay forever. And 
Go well, ahead. we use the example, you know, you, you go to elementary school, but you don't stay there to K-12. Right. You go from elementary school to middle school to junior high, high school. There's different levels that people in those particular grade levels are designed to teach you based on your um, age and appropriateness. Well, the same thing is true with churches. Listen, there are some people who may come to FOC and maybe we're the spark that gives them what they need for them to go and to find the next place that they need to go to. We can't hold people hostage that way into thinking that if you come here, then you belong to us. We all are part of the kingdom and our, and our job is to help each other grow in whatever capacity that is. And we also can't be people who fight against the vision in a house because that really is considered witchcraft to fight against the vision in a house. And so I just wanted to say that for the people who may not even understand that while you may have been well attended, you were actually out of bounds. I Somebody can't come to us and say, now I believe that your ministry should be missions focused and y'all should go to Guatemala every year because that's what's in their heart. If that's what's in your heart, you go to Guatemala, you go to Guatemala right. or you find a ministry that does right. that, but you don't have the right to determine the assignment God has given somebody yeah. else. Right. right? And if you struggle to trust all your leadership everywhere, the issue is not a leadership issue. You need some inner healing. Because right. everywhere you go, because everywhere you go, there you are. There you are. All right. All right. So it eight. gives us, I didn't read my oh, second scripture. Second Chronicles 20 and 15. Jehazal said, pay attention to me, everyone from Judah and everyone living in Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says to you. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of the great multitude for the battle is not yours. It's God's. Mm -hmm. And when we walk closely with God, he is going to give us the strategies to overcome the multitudes that stand in front of us. Amen. 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 And then finally, number eight, this eighth benefit is prayer and fasting gives us access. Here's that word again to speedy deliverance of our inheritance. Your inheritance may be freely given, but it must be forcefully taken because there are enemies that will uh, serve as resistance to you getting your inheritance. And that's what we said earlier. Every we, we start off with number one saying every promise of God must be contended with, right? Yes. And so we understand that there are some things that belong to us that God has given to us, but just because it's been given to us and freely belongs to us doesn't mean we don't have to contend for it. It doesn't Amen. mean we don't have to fight for it. And when we fight, remember the Bible says we fight not, not, not against flesh and blood, right? Our fight is more of a spiritual fight. That means, am I going to obey God even when my flesh is screaming not to? Am I going to go this direction even when all the experts are telling me to go this direction? Am I going to do this when I, when all my friends and family are telling me to do that? That is the contending. That is the fighting that we're talking about. The Bible says in Isaiah uh, 58 and 12, it says, And they uh, that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt rise up the foundations of many generations. Uh, and it lets us know that in doing that, that we would become and we would be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of past to dwell in. That we, when we, when we, when we receive our inheritance and we contend for it, it's not really just for us. What we're doing is we're building a bridge or a pathway so the others after us can come and receive what God has for them. We become repairers of the breach. We become uh, restorers of the path. And when we obey and we practice obedience, prayerfully our kids see that and they grow up into it and they do it. And prayerfully their kids see that. 
And so now what, what may not have used to happen in your family, because you were willing to obey and do it God's way, you set your generation up for blessings, to be a, a family that obeys and trusts God. You become a repairer of the breach and a restorer of the path to dwell in. No, I love that. I think a great example is that, you know, when we met, I mean, I don't know how many black families grew up saying it, but when we met, neither one of our families made a practice to say, I love you. Right. It was just kind of given right. that we love you. Right? right. And then we said, I love you and to each other so much that then we started saying, I love you to our families. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's funny. I was getting off the phone with my mother the other day and she was like, love you. And I was thinking that's a, that's a repair. That's a restore. Mm -hmm. There's something that was put back there that wasn't there because in many families, it's not that people don't love each other. It's just that there is this thing that we don't say that we love each other, but we said it so much and now it's so funny. Now we can look at all of our kids when they leave each other. When yep. Canaan goes to school, she says to Jordan, I love you. I mean, literally, this thing that goes back, see, because what God likes to do, God always deals in generations, in three generations, mm. right? So when God raises up somebody in a family to do something, it's to pull behind and to pull forward. So we're all walking in the same level of truth. I love it. Um, Siobhan just said, the leaks are repairs of the breach. Amen. I want somebody to begin to declare that, that in your family, because you choose to obey God, because you choose to obey God. And I want to say this to you, for many of you who God is calling you to walk in different levels of obedience, that's maybe not common in your family. I want to say that this is the part of the story that people don't talk about. Sometimes even the people that you're called to bring restoration to, they don't understand they don't understand your change. They don't understand why you act that way. They don't understand why you're doing the things that you do. And you have to work really hard not to be offended because they don't know what they don't know. Right. And you only know what you know because light has come. Revelation. You only know what you know because revelation has come. And so one of the things that we've been so blessed by is that things that some of our friends, things that some of our family thought we were crazy about years ago, that now they are living off of the, the, the because we were willing to walk through it. We were willing to walk through it. And so I owe you to tell you that if you want to be a repairer of the breach, if you want to be a restorer of the past to dwell in, you've got to develop some tough skin that says, I'm going to obey God, even when the family I'm trying to restore don't have sense enough don't have revelation yet to see what God is doing on the inside of us because I think that one of the ways that the enemy works works in that time is that your feelings can be hurt when your family oh, and your friends oh, when man. your family and your friends oh, when man. they don't uh, when they don't understand and when they mock you and when they make fun of you and I can remember oh, when times folks walk away from you when people and then God says I need you to keep your heart open because I'm gonna send them back to you oh yeah. Those things. I mean, and, and yeah. all of those things are things that yeah. happen that you have to be open for, because if not, the enemy will use those as a segue to cause you to self-destruct. No, I think that's so important because I need you to understand that because God is the God of restoration. There are some people who leave your life and they leave because they were never supposed to be there. There are other people who there are people who literally have betrayed us. And as they were betraying us, the Lord said to us, they are coming back. Keep your heart pure. And you like don't send them back. And, 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 and you and you have to and, and I always tell people I'm honest. You have to work through that. You got to work through because that because your flesh is not just going to be like, oh, that's cool. Unless you're just a, a doormat kind of person, and I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, unless you're just used to taking stuff from people. If if you have anything in you at all, and you feel like they anybody a little bit, a little like, bit, and somebody betrays bit. you, you have to work on your flesh, like to to not be like, you know what. You will never come back because when God gives you an instruction, he gives you that instruction to give you time to get your heart prepared. Oh, that's good. 
And so I just want to say that for people who feel like they are called to be repairs of the breach, hear me. And, and, and this is why it's so important to hear God, because everybody who leaves your life shouldn't come back. Right. Everybody who leaves your life shouldn't come back. And this is why I think it's so important to understand who your covenant relationships are. Right. Because covenant relationships should be treated in a different way than other relationships should be treated. Because there are people we know we are in covenant with. Because God has said so. Because God, we, but here's the other thing too. Some of y'all just be making a bunch of friends because you want friends. We, I'm, and I'm not well, trying to be, on, I'm not trying to be funny. On, I'm, there's a difference in understanding a covenant relationship because God said so, and then just saying somebody is covenant. There is a difference there. You 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 have you can't you can't make something to be if God hasn't said it. And so what what happens is, is that people try to put themselves in covenant and they want God to bless it. And that's not what God is doing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that this is so important because I talk about this. One of my favorite scriptures around relationships is Psalm 62. It says my expectation is in God and him only will I trust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that before the pandemic, every year, every year, my girlfriends, they have this conference and we come and we talk about friendship. Every year I say the same thing. Somebody always asks me the same question. Um, why are they your friends? They are my friends because God told me they are my friends. See, many of you have friends in your life that should never have been your friends because God never told you they were your mm -hmm. friends. You pick them because they're fun. You pick them because they are cool, but they're actually an enemy against your destiny. And I want somebody to hear this right now. And so then they betray you and they stab you in your back and then they make you closed off to relationships in the future because they never should have been in your life mm -hmm. to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I say this every year when we have this thing, my friends, Yanika J is my best friend because that's what God told me. And the moment that God tells me she's not my best friend, she won't be. I trust people because God tells me to trust them. I trust Edwin because God said I can trust him. I will trust Edwin as long as God tells me to trust him. If God ever tells me not to trust Edwin, I don't trust Edwin anymore. And many of you do not live that way. Yeah, because you override. They override that. They because, override that. Because, because they either want to be in that person's life or they want that person to be in their life or or, or they just, they're just blindly saying, oh, that must be the enemy telling me that, you know, or whatever. But, but you got to learn to hear the voice of God and trust the voice of God. That, and that's why we tell people you need to hear God for yourself. You need to hear God for yourself because one of the things is that it goes back. Why is this so important as we're wrapping up this part of the teaching? See, understand if you're going to be repairer of the breach, your team matters. Yeah. If you're going to be a restorer of past to dwell in, your team matters. And listen, I've been incredibly blessed. Babe can tell you this. I got friends from every stage in my life. At every stage of my life, I have good people who are good friends from every stage of my life, but I am very careful to keep them in the place because some of you right now, you are offended with someone who betrayed you, but you really betrayed yourself because God never told you that you could trust them with that area of your life. And I don't know who that's for, but you should take that and you should forgive them and you should move on. But I encourage everybody as we're in this prayer and fasting to be like, who should be in my life? And a couple of years ago, Kristen and I made a covenant. We, we made a covenant agreement because we know we going to do life together. If we, if I don't pastor, if she don't sing, we know we're going to do life together. But we were talking one day on the phone and we said, we made a decision that we would not let people be close to us who weren't on fire for God. Mm. Because people who are not on fire for God, they will diminish your fire for God. And one of the things, the one of the reasons you say Chris is my mini me is because one of the things that we both want to do is to be burned up on fire for God. 
And so we purposed in our heart that even though there are all these people that we love and all of these people who are that we like, that everybody, Yanika talks about in your relationships, think about it as a house, mm -hmm. that there are people, you, you need the mailman, but the mailman doesn't come into your house. Right. You need the UPS man, but they don't come into your house. So we're not talking about throwing people away. Right. We're talking about having people in the right place in your life so y'all can maximize the relationship, right? And so I want to say this because there are some of you who I feel there are three things. There's some of you who have been injured by people um, because you didn't have them in the right place in your life mm. because you went into covenant with them. Mm. I love that. Lauren said, that's for me. I forgive and release. You went into covenant with them. Mm. You thought because they were smart, because they were funny, you thought that they should have access in your life and you never even asked God. There are other people who you actually know God told you to be in covenant with somebody, but that person injured you. That person betrayed you. That person lied on well, you. Well, maybe that person spoke truth to you. And you got offended that that person spoke truth to you and you walked away from that relationship. But but that that's your category. That's not the one I'm talking about. But you I'm trying to free the right. other people in the other yeah. category. No, too. no, right. But and so and so God is gonna bring restoration in that relationship, but you got to heal so you're not salty when they come back. Now you talk about the one that you had. Well, the one I had was that there are times that God has called you into relationship with someone, but because that person speaks truth to you, because they don't just allow you to get away with the stuff that every Everybody else allowed you to get away with you get offended with them for speaking truth to you and you walk away from them there are some people who've walked away from relationships that you shouldn't have walked away from but you just walked away because you were mad because you were angry because someone didn't let you get away with the same old crap that you've been getting away with forever and they called you on it because they loved you and you need to be mature enough to realize that wait a minute I ran away from that relationship because of my immaturity and I need to make that right as well so you should repent for that. Literally, some of you, you pull away from the people. You, 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 listen, let me tell you something. Here's the thing we understand about human behavior. I say this all the time. If you are contemplating fornicating, you can already determine what you want to do based on who you call. Yep. Based on who you, you call. already know. You already know what you want to do based on who you call. Right. And so. um, And I love it because somebody just said, I'm no longer offended. And I want those friends back. But I got to say this. People don't have to take you back. That's true. If you don't manage people well, and I need you to hear this, people do not have to take you back. So sometimes the best you can do is ask God for some new relationships so you can try it again. And learn from the old ones learn. so you don't blow it again. People do not have to take It's gracious if people take you back, but, people, but they don't owe you. But people don't owe you to take you back. Chris, come into the stream. Come into the stream. Come into the stream. We're going to end like this. Ralph, come into the stream too. Oh, you got a bunch of people on here. See how we're gonna do this. It's just three. Hold on, let me move, move this. She doesn't she doesn't plan for this. Hold on, let me everything don't have to be planned for, babe. You don't have to be planned for, but you need to practice excellence. All right. Well, you we should go. also follow the Holy Ghost. I'm following, and that's why I took the thing off. All right. You, <laughs> you, you don't have to fuck. It like a grandma. He fuss a lot. Don't pay him. My memo is it raised me for the uh, most part. So yeah. So you fuss a lot. <laughs> right. a lot. Can I can you can we hear you gotta you gotta have to turn them up so we can hear them a little bit. Give us a second. Passion, love building this plane while she fly. It's my superpower, baby. It's my superpower. Cameo it's what here I being do. a mechanic. All it's right. what I do. <laughs> Can y'all hear us now? Testing.
Yes, we can hear you. Okay, so I want I want to wrap up with this. You guys can get ready to sow. Is if you can if you want to be a virtual partner, you can be a virtual partner. If you want to give your life to Jesus, you can give your life to Jesus. If you want to come back because you're a backslider, and the truth of it is, is that many of you may have heard some things in these last five minutes that really made you think that you were you were a backslider. But Pastor Edwin said something that I thought was really important, which is why I wanted to bring you guys on the screen. You know, you guys have walked with us for twenty years about 20 years, right? You were literally college students and thought we was a lot growner than we were when we started walking together, right? But I think that one, we were talking about this, one of the superpowers that you guys both have that I would like to, you to speak to people about is your ability to value connection and not get offended when you're corrected. So I'd like both of you just to speak to the audience a little bit about what you've learned that allows you to stay connected even when we've corrected you because I think that people might not know that is that to be close to us means that you get more correction than look at them nodding their heads. Look, just, I'm a hush and let y'all talk. Go ahead. Pastor Ralph. Uh, Yes, ma'am. You want me to go, Chris? Yes. All right. So, I mean, for me, for me, it's pretty, uh, not simple, but you got to make a decision. That's where it starts. When I made a decision, Oh, when I heard God say that Pastor Evelyn and Pastor Sean were my spiritual parents, uh, at that point, then whatever they said, whether good or bad, I took it because they used to always, we used to have a saying that their job is to help me see the blind spots in our life. Mm-hmm. And so as my man and woman of God, whether they're prophesying that I'm going to become a millionaire or whether they're correcting me, every word they give me is for my benefit. And when you are a a son or when you committed to a part on partnership in the ministry and you're saying these are the this is my man and woman of god what you're saying is i surrender i submit uh to that to the house of the uh to this house and because i surrender i cease resisting what they have to tell me whether my flesh agrees with it or not because it's a sign of maturity it's a sign of honor and it's a sign of how you're going to truly prosper in life is when you surrender yourself to who you say God has called you to. So for me, it's been times I got, I mean, we laughed laughed last week about a time I got corrected in the office. But at the end of the day, no matter what they say to me, what they want for me is my best life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get upset with it and we get offended with it, but there's areas in our life that we are blinded to because of our flesh, because we're so committed to it, because we want to move so bad, we want the job so bad that we don't hear. But that's the job of our man and woman of God is to help us out. And so that decision there to say, I accept what they say to be truth, whether I like it or not, has really helped me be a person that's able to sit under their leadership and still continue to do so now. I'm 37 years old, but if I call them and I ask them for guidance or if they say something to me, I'm going to do what they say because I surrender to them as long as they follow God. As right. Lo- right. As long as we follow That's God. Right. Don't, follow God. Don't, follow right. don't follow us if we don't follow God. And I'll just piggyback off of Ralph, Pastor Ralph, and just say that I trust the God in them. Like I trust, I trust the God in them for my life. He's given them um to be shepherd to shepherd me so i've got to 
heed to the shepherd. He's my shepherd, ultimate shepherd. But at the end of the day, the shepherd can see things that the sheep can't see. And that's one thing that really saved my life is that when Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean specifically, amen, that I wasn't supposed to be dating, they saw past all of my feelings and warm and fuzzies because they knew that I had destiny on my life even when I didn't understand what destiny meant. No, I think that's really good. I think that's really good. And I think it really sets us up for the power of partnership. And, you know, if, if Pastor Elwin gets all our notes together, maybe we could teach this together because I think the challenge. I can get the notes together and give them to y'all. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and, and I think that this is the thing that many people miss out in covenant relationships that people love when someone tells them they're going to be a millionaire. Someone They love when someone tells them that they're going to be famous. And, and this is one of the things. And, and y'all know this about me. If you act funny when I correct you, I'll fall back. I'm like, I'm because I'm because you can't wrestle with grown people for breakthrough. You 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 can wrestle with your kids for breakthrough, but Ralph is 37 and Chris is 39. I y'all grown. I can't make you do anything. And the Bible tells us that your leaders, it should not be grievous for your leaders to shepherd you because they're trying to keep you out of danger and you think that they're trying to hold you back in some way, which is why I believe that it's so important that you get healed because sometimes people are bringing their mother and father wounds into ministry. Sometimes people are bringing their religion because you used to a church where you can vote the pastor out. And so the idea that your pastor can actually do anything besides preach to you is why you're stuck in the place that you're stuck in but i wanted to bring y'all on because y'all are full grown adults y'all not 19 y'all not 20 y'all are grown with lives and spouses and children and all of those things and i think that people need to understand and and, and i want to say one more thing because sometimes i think i want y'all to, to talk about this everything we've said to you hasn't felt good some of the stuff we said to you has gotten on your nerves you, you really wish we wouldn't talk to you about that, right? And I think that there are people, pull Chris back up in the screen. I know she got something to say about this, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> is that um is that people um will feel like that all instructions should be warm and fuzzy, but even times when you have corrected me about the way that I've done something, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Your flesh doesn't like to be corrected. So if you can't crucify your flesh to take correction, there's always going to be a cap to your increase in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think that it all, all goes back to growth and maturity and being a leader. I know you were grooming me. Uh, you were teaching me. You had obtained the promise. And so you were just simply grooming me into, okay, now that you can fly on your own, to hear Holy Spirit for myself, to get in the word for myself, to believe that I hear God for myself. So a lot of the things you said, I may not have wanted to hear, but today I'm almost 40 and I'm so glad that I listened to you. I'm so glad that I didn't talk behind your back about what you said. I didn't go to, to people and just rally up and say, oh, Pastor Sean on me. No, I need to hear this. I need to grow up. And so I was not immature in that sense, but I was mature enough to, to receive the word without bringing a crowd to, uh, for, dis for discord. No, I think that that's really powerful. So we let, let's talk about how we can bring them back next week to do this. But listen, guys, we love y'all so much. And if you want to be a virtual partner, because the other thing I want to say is this, that I think is really important. We also are not people who just go around and get in people's business. Yeah, because I think it's also important to say that, you know, if you come, and I'm only speaking about me because I can't speak about Pastor Chris, Pastor Raph, you or anybody else. If you come to me for advice and 
I spend the time to give you that advice and you don't follow it, I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is then you then coming back, acting like it's an emergency that I have to stop what I'm doing to rescue you. I, I'm not okay with that. A lack of obeying on your part doesn't constitute an emergency on mine. And I think people have to truly understand that because people will fall out with you because like, oh my God, I need your help and you didn't come rescue me. You only needed my help because you didn't do what I told you to do in the first place. You said that with and if you had done voice. what I told you to do in the first place, we wouldn't be here. So now you're here. I'll help you when I get ready and when I can. But it does not involve me chucking all of my responsibility to come pull you out of a hole that you jump into. And I think you have to tell grown people that so that people don't get offended with the church. Because they be talking about church hurt. What about pastor hurt? You know I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it goes both ways. So I think that's important. No, I think that's beautiful. And I, I think we would all agree on that, that we're not going to fight you. We're not going to wrestle you to free you. We also are not going to be scrolling your social media page. Um, we are not the Facebook because we are not the Facebook police. But what we're not going to do, what we're not going to do is we're not going to respond in emergency situations because you fail. Because see, this is my theory. If you're so grown that you don't need advice, you should be so grown that you don't need help. So we tell our kids that's if you if you <laughs> so grown that you don't need advice, if you know what to do, then when when what when life happened to you, like it happened to you, get it how you living because you grown. <laughs> Get it how you living. And the truth of it is the reason a lot of people in the body of Christ, particularly um, in people who grew up in Baptist churches like I did, where you can vote your pastor out. One of the reasons that you're struggling is that you think you just need a preacher when God didn't say he'd give you a preacher after your own heart. He said he'd give you a pastor after his own heart. Mm -hmm. Somebody that would grow your behind up. Yep. Amen. Well, it's your opportunity. You yep. can give today if you want to give. <laughs> and so, you know, so we want you to know what you're getting if you're going to be a covenant partner with so us. So come back next week. We're going to talk about the power of partnership because partnership has its privileges. There are some privileges that belong to you when you are a partner. Uh, oh, and sometimes people will be like, well, why did you say something to Chris? Or why did you say something to Ralph? But you didn't say anything to me. And I'll be honest, I'm going to tell you why, because you've made it clear that you can only hear prof good prophetic words. So that's why I don't say anything mm. to you, because you've made it clear that you only want someone to rub you on your back and tell you that you're a superstar. So the reason that I don't give you correction is that you have made it clear that you are not correctable. Amen. It's your opportunity to give something supernatural happens when you give. And we just love y'all so much. <laughs> we April. do, but we, we are who we are. We, we don't try to be anything let, other than You can that, let so. them go back off now. Listen, <laughs> okay. we're wrapping up now. Listen, but this is just really important because I think the thing is, is that people don't want pastors to give them instruction. And then when they get in a ditch, then they believe that the pastors need to jump over a building with a sink, leap over a building in a single bound to run to them. When some of this stuff, you don't come to church, you don't come to prayer, you don't fast, you don't do those things and then you wonder why your life is in the state that it is and then when someone and then you want someone to come and correct you but if you're if you're to help you without correcting you is mm -hmm. what you want you want people to help you without correcting you but that's not the job of pastors right. that's not the job of pastor your pastor is not just supposed to rub you on your back your pastor should have the right to say to you Hey, you're out of bounds with this right here. You need to go back and think about this. This decision doesn't align with the word. And so many of 
people in the body of Christ. I ain't going to say you because I'm not going to assume it's you. So many people in the body of Christ are simply not teachable. And that's why they don't get breakthrough in their life. So if you know you struggle with stubbornness and teachableness, you need to dig into that these last seven days of and, fast. And as an adult, you got to be able really, and this is just as true, whether you're going to be successful in your job or in anything, you got to be coachable. And, and a coach, I mean, you look at athletes, no matter what level they're on, they have to be coached. And the best athletes can be coached hard. They don't always have to have someone coddling them with smooth and easy words. They, 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 they need people need to learn to be coached. And, and that's not just from your pastors. That's from the people who you call your friends and stuff. You need to people need to be able to say, hey, that I don't think you did that right. You know, without you, without you being upset because everything they say isn't filled with cotton candy and unicorns. You know, it's got to be, hey, you blew it. You messed that up. You was wrong for that. You need to fix it. And you need to be mature enough to take that without, you know, all the rest of that having to be done in order to, to coddle for your feelings. Don't be a snowflake. Well, all right. God bless y'all. Well, listen, we want to encourage y'all to join us tomorrow for strategies of success. We are, we may be talking about some of this again in the morning for prayer before in that. the morning for prayer at 630 a.m. And listen, if you really know that you struggle with me, you may not you may you may be to take correction from us, but you can't take correction at your job. This may not have even been about how you respond right. to your pastors. Right. But if you are struggling with correction, you need to ask God to break that over this area of this fast. Yep. Right. And so we love you guys so much. We want y'all to have an amazing day. We want to encourage you. We want to thank God for all the people who are continuing to give into the scholarship. Um, we just um, we we we're so excited about what this church is doing. We're so excited about the lives that we're impacting. We're so excited for the people that we've been able to help, for the people who've been saved, for the healing testimonies. And you guys are all a part of that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if after hearing all of that, you say this is my church, I want to be a virtual partner. Somebody put the virtual partnership link up. You can come and be a virtual partner. Okay. Again, we're not looking in your Facebook windows. We're not we're not going around your house trying to figure out what you're doing but if the lord gives us a word of correction whether it's teaching um publicly or whether we say something to you and you okay with that then we could be your pastor yep. all right Amen. we love y'all you want to say anything else for God? hey have a great week join us for prayer every morning we just got what seven days left so so make plans to join us every morning if you can't make it in the morning at least go watch the replay but we would love we're still looking for that 150 we got 123 this week uh at one point in time uh but we're still looking for that elusive 150 people to get on to prayer live at 6 30. so well, let's make that happen this week uh set your alarm clock invite some people you know if if we just had 20 people invite two people each Plus the regular people who come, we'd easily make that 150 number. I think we can do it this week. You think we can do it? I think we can do it. I this think week. we can do it. We so let's it. let and what better day to do it than tomorrow? Let's do it Monday. Take this afternoon, go to your Facebook, invite two or three people. Say, look, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to come to prayer at 6:30 with me one time. One time. If you ain't got that kind of influence, you got to check your friends list. Surely you got somebody who will do that for you. So let's do that. Let's get 150 people on so we can reach our goal. And most importantly, let's continue to practice obedience. Amen. We will close out. Everybody just type this in the comments. This is my year of release. This is my year. My year of release of release. Have a great week. See you in the morning at 630 a.m. Come on. We want to see 115 of you type that in the comment section right now. Y'all have a blessed day. God bless.